0: laboratory in the basement of his
1: home. Hello everyone and welcome back to the show. Today we have a tremendous episode for you, a conversation with Kimmy Donahue, a senior agency success manager at Openly, but Kimmy is so much more and if you follow on LinkedIn, then you know that. Uh, what I what I love is in her LinkedIn bio, it starts with InsureTech, sure but then revenue rocker, making businesses sing. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, Kimmy is one of a kind. Uh, We hadn't had a chance to talk long long form yet like we did in this podcast, and it was wonderful. She had reached out to me actually after uh, the episode that I had done a while ago about um, the insurance hub and neurodivergent insurance professionals and what it means for our industry. And we talked a lot about that. We talked a lot about just uh, insurance in general, business in general, life, a lot of amazing topics, incredible conversation, a uh, uh, very open, very candid, and uh, these are the kind of conversations that I do. That like the reason I do the show. Like we can talk tactics and strategy all day, but quite honestly, that stuff bores the hell out of me. Um, insurance and selling insurance is actually really easy, and anyone if you make it hard, that's really a you problem. Uh, it is the emotional, relational, leadership, management. Um, Uh, dealing with crises, communication, it is the soft skill stuff that either makes us a success or failure, not our ability to execute um, tactical um, activities. And um, conversations like this one with Kimmy are exactly the reason that I do this show and I'm so happy to bring it to you. you. If you love this show, guys, if you enjoy this show, please share the show. Uh, you know, social text it to a friend, email it to a friend, tell somebody at a at an event that you're at. Um, you know, we continue to grow, we continue to have great conversations, we continue to bring amazing people on with incredible stories, incredible insights, and uh, I want to get those individuals as much exposure as we possibly can and expose more people to what we're doing here and just the way that we approach these topics, the way that we approach business and life. And um, if you want to help and want to push the show forward. Would love that. Share. Uh, also, if you're enjoying the show, then you'll love uh, the writing that I'm doing on Finding Peak. Go to FindingPeak, dot kcom F-I-N-D-I-N-G-P-E-A-K.com, FindingPeak.com, as in Finding Peak Performance. And the whole concept is 10x ideas f- to build more freedom into our lives. If we have freedom, we can do great work. We can grow our businesses, we can grow our relationships, we can take on side projects, we can find, you know, kind of that Dan Sullivan idea of our unique ability. And but we cannot do that without freedom. If our life is packed, if our brain is packed, if we are under stress, if we are under someone's thumb, if we're under our own thumb, which is often most likely the case, then we cannot get there. And Finding Peak is about that journey. It's a journey that I'm on personally, and I just share my own thoughts and feelings, the research I do, um, the things that I try in my business life, and my personal life. Um, and I think you'll enjoy it. Go to Finding Peak. It's free. Sign up. Subscribe. Uh, you get one email a week from me with stories and ideas. Guys, I just absolutely love the fact that you listen to this show. I try to put as much work into it as I can. Um, Hopefully, you feel the heart and soul that comes through in every episode and how much I care about delivering value to you, and, and, and I just appreciate you for listening. Thank you so much. All right, guys. With that, let's get on to Kimmy Donahue. I'm going to jump.
0: Hey, how are you good i am trying to, let's see here testing testing Something. can you hear my microphone
1: yeah you are your microphone is emasculating me right now so oh, no!
0: <laughs> it's actually no, it's, my uh, it singing sounds, microphone i'm like ooh.
1: sounds awesome
0: <laughs> cool yay
1: well i'm excited to have you on the show
0: likewise yeah this is a, well You're not on my show, I'm on your show, but uh, I'm super excited to talk about this stuff. That's the stuff I could talk about all day, so.
1: Yeah, and so I want to, I'd love to start with um, just in general for people, just just a little bit of your origin story. You don't have to go too far back or just spend too much time on it because I don't want to. Like I want to talk about other stuff, but yeah, I'd love to just just a little bit of origin story for people who may not know or may not have heard right. you or seen you doing your thing or follow you on LinkedIn or all the other places that you're creating. Um, just to give the audience a little back backstory.
0: Yeah. So I am Kimmy Donahue, uh currently agency success manager over at Openly. Um, prior to that, if we want to go all the way back how I got into the insurance industry, it's like everybody just kind of fell into it, right? <laughs> you know. I uh, was super interested in in what it can do for people and you know, started as a producer at a captive company, uh, opened my own captive agency, uh, went independent, and actually exited from a partnership and uh, joined openly. So that's my insurance origin story. A um, couple other things about me is I'm just one of those that loves to take action. So I'm involved in many projects. I've got a lot of different hobbies. Um, music's one of them, hence this cool microphone that I'm really struggling to get, like, to stay in the picture because of that virtual background stuff, you know? But yeah. anyway.
1: The good news is I don't produce the video, so it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> oh, cool. Even better. So no one will actually see what's happening on here. Then I won't care. I'll, I'll face it more towards me, so it sounds better. There you well, go. So
1: what happened was, and I know this wouldn't be a problem from you because you're you're just comfortable being in front of people, but what I find is when I produce the video, people get really weird. Oh, no. And um, Yes. Yeah. Like, we could have these open, honest, you know – conversations that are dynamic and all over the board, which is why I do the show and what I love about it. And if sure. I tell them I'm recording the video, I'm going to put it on YouTube, I will get these square <laughs> conversations where people, and I don't know what it is. I'm like, you know, that people can hear the words on Apple podcasts. Right. And they're like, but if you can see their face, they're like, they completely changed. So That's I just, interesting. yes. For, for that reason, I would love to do a video show, but I feel like it really has to be in person. Um, like, you know, I, I think that, uh, when you produce the video, I think the audio mm. is different for some people. I think people, it doesn't feel like you're talking to thousands of people when it's just audio, but yeah. when you know, the video is being produced, people, all of a sudden they, they have to look right and they have to sit right. <laughs> and they're like, and I'm like, you know, so it just changes everything. So I just stopped producing a video a long time ago.
0: Interesting. No, that'd be a really cool, uh, case study to, to run with and see, you know, what kind of different conversations you have you know with with all of that Yeah, that is very interesting huh
1: i didn't mean to interrupt you so so no but uh, no that's okay music,
0: that's going to happen action. this whole show probably <laughs> which i'm totally okay with and and get but yes this is a uh, uh probably why i'm okay with being on video is i i'm on stage uh i sing when i'm not doing insurance related things and prior to that uh was always in different kinds of competitive sports, whether it was motorcycle racing. Um, I was involved in, um, competitive shooting as well. So things like three gun, um, and even, you know, you go all the way back to my childhood. I was captain of my high school bowling team, you know, and not really something you always go out and say, Hey, guess what I did, but yeah. I loved bowling. Um, so it was just always very competitive. And going way back, because I know the, the reason that we wanted to chat was uh you had a post about neurodiversity and ADHD. Mm-hmm. So this is really where it gets interesting. So back in fourth grade, I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. And not a lot of people know about that. Uh one, because I don't talk about it that much. I'll I'll post about it here and again. And uh it's it's you know, people close to me know exactly what that is. But one of the reasons I never really talked about it prior was I said, you know what, I don't want to be labeled as the girl with Tourette's, you know? And, and it's interesting because you hear celebrities and, you know, famous people with Tourette's as well say say the same thing. Because in today's day and age, it's so easy to get a label based on uh, on anything that makes you stand out anymore, right? What um, does, so- um,
1: if you don't mind me interrupting here, and I probably will do this like a thousand times. Go I'm ahead. Just, I'm just interested. <laughs> i probably do the same. Um, Like Tourette's, so I don't, you know, you see like, people with Tourette's in movies, right? And it's sure. overdraft. Mm-hmm. So just maybe break down, if you could, quickly for people. Like, what what does that actually mean? Um, Absolutely. What, yeah, yeah.
0: So the the uh, official definition to be diagnosed at Tourette's is you have to have at least two motor tics, which are physical actions. So, you know, a, a twitch of some sort, or maybe you have to jump up and down, and one vocal tic. And vocal tic doesn't necessarily mean you have to be speaking words. Uh, I know one of the the common things that you'll see in you know comedies and you know the the movies and stuff is people cursing yep. um and yeah that, that that's just a piece that could happen with it i'm lucky i didn't get that piece and i'll i'll cover that in a minute um but i do have several ticks, you know like sounds that i make with my mouth and they were a lot worse when i was younger so that was also what's interesting is uh wouldn't say i've grown out of it but it's definitely gotten better and i I truly think it's just because I learned how to handle my emotions and stuff mm-hmm. better. You'll I've noticed that when I'm extremely stressed or the opposite, excited, uh, my my face twitches get crazy and I, I focus more on that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Tourette's it's it's more prevalent in males, which is also very interesting. Um, and they're not really sure. I say they, as in, you know, doctors, they're not really sure where it comes from. It could be genetic, maybe. uh, It could just be something that is developed. So there's still a lot of research going on on what it is and how it becomes a thing. And it's also one of those things where just because you have a tick of some sort, you know, or or a habit is what I used to like to call them, doesn't mean you have Tourette's. Um, Mm. So what started for me was when I was younger, I had really bad, uh, like squinting twitch and a couple other things, but that was really the prevalent one when I was younger. And my parents didn't know what it was; they thought it was just a a habit that I was doing. So we created a reward system where if I could quit squinting for 30 minutes, I'd get ice cream or something, you know. And I, people that know me know I love ice cream; I love food. So that was a really hard thing to uh, not win. Yeah. And um, when they found that I could stop it for a little while, but it would come back worse, they're like, "Okay, something's, you know, something's going on." Yeah. It took a couple of years, but finally we took, you know, went to a psychiatrist and you know, they, they diagnosed me with everything under the sun, which, uh, I've, I've started writing about. Cause I thought looking back on it as a kid, you don't, you don't know that doctors should be asking a lot of questions, you know, and back then. Uh, so I thought, oh my gosh, I've got all these things wrong with me looking back on it. I think, uh, my parents probably could have gotten a second opinion. I think I still would have gotten diagnosed with Tourette's. Absolutely. But uh, they diagnose you with all the other things that they think come with Tourette's, like ADHD, OCD, depression, you know, all these other things. And I'm like, I'm I'm in fourth grade, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. but uh, ha- the one thing that really did help with getting diagnosed was now I had a name for it and it was easier to cope mm-hmm. and explain to people because, uh, you know, let's say I was, uh, twitching or I had, when I was younger, I had one where I, I would do this. It's almost like I was trying to get my hair out of my face. And it was like a, it's like, I was shaking my head. No. And teachers and, um, like summer camp counselors thought I was telling them no. And they would get really frustrated with that. So once I was able to have a, a name to that diagnosis, I could explain it. And even then, and even to this day, it's still such a misunderstood, uh, you know, thing that it, it does take a little bit of extra steps to tell them, no, it's okay. I'm okay. It's, it can be annoying, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's just part of me.
1: I really, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And again, uh, like I said, like the whole point of that podcast, the couple of podcasts I did and, and, um, and talking through with, uh, the insurance hub, which is, I think, an incredible organization that I'm really excited as, uh, as Mike continues to get that off the ground, um, around neurodiversity in the insurance industry. Um, uh you know I think you know, I, so I I I got diagnosed with ADHD I, it's not debilitating I'm severely high functioning and frankly all it does is allow me th- the the main impact though has been my ability to understand how to communicate with people better mm-hmm,
0: cuz yeah. before
1: I just thought I was excitable or I was considered like a troublemaker, not in that I did bad things, but that I was constantly like annoying the shit out of adults when I was a kid, or yeah. they called me the megaphone, or you know, whatever like a whole bunch of these things. As I've gotten into my work career, uh, you know, I've been called uh, 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 disagreeable, uh, overbearing, um, and, and in my mind. I'm going, I just have like 10,000 ideas and I want to share them with all of you all the time. Like, yes. cause I want yes. to share them with you. And like, that's what my mind is saying is like, share, 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 like, you know, let's go like, and I didn't realize, um, <laughs> you know, that's overwhelming to some people. Like some people's brain, you know, don't, don't work that way. So, mm-hmm. so I've, it's been very interesting, um, to your, to your point, getting to your point where like having the label, I don't think that it you know I don't like to talk about it necessarily I have been lately because I think it's important but um as soon as you have the label you're like oh now now I can figure out how to work with that before I was just like am I really nuts you know mm-hmm. like 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 you know my my ex-wife used to say to me all the time like why are you this way like you're too much you're too much you're too much all the time she used to say that to me and like that started thinking I was like man am I just really like a fucking annoying person like maybe I'm just annoying and come to find out it's actually true to someone like her. I was too much. I was annoying and all this. And now when I meet a normie, which is what I call mm-hmm. non-neurodivergent people, mm-hmm. uh, uh, now maybe like dial in a little bit and go, you know what, if I give this person full throttle, they're probably going to hate me. So I'm going to give them like Half throttle and see how that goes. And um, but it's all it, once you have that name, you can work with it. I guess is a very long totally. way of saying. Yeah, I agree. and
0: for for those of you since we aren't doing uh, video, I'll let everyone know that my eyes are tearing up because I totally <laughs> resonate with all of that. That I grew up with that exact same feeling with with friends and you know uh, even to this day, you know uh, w- with my peers. Um, how I've combated that is setting the expectation up front is hey. Sometimes I can be a little much because like you, Ryan, I get super excited about my ideas and I want to share them all, you know, and, and to people that like to take information and process it or be communicated with in a much different way, you know, that can be really, uh, overwhelming for them. So I love the fact that you are open to, well, how do I communicate with others? Because there's, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, I'm sure you and I, I, I have yet to meet some, but there's people that are even more. Then, oh yeah, how your brain works. And you'd probably be like, whoa, you know how to, to, that we work with that. So I think what's really interesting too is the word neurodivergent is actually, it was really new to me, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the last maybe 12 months or so. Uh, And I was just like, wow, that's, I never knew I fell into that category because I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: Uh, same. Yeah, it's cool that
0: people are talking about it. And I think the, just like any kind of DEI conversation, uh conversation of uh is just how do you communicate with others in the way they want to be communicated with you know
1: the hard part is people like you and me are better than all the normies so we actually <laughs> have to dial it down i'm kidding i'm oh, no. kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding all you normies out there the who've made our lives miserable for the last however <laughs> many no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding um no but one of the things um and i don't know if you heard the show that i did um with michael from the insurance hub but, I did. Uh, yeah,
0: I listened to it and I love his energy too. I'm like, "Whoa, this is cool."
1: Yeah, yeah, it, and it's what what um what I think is really interesting is that and we talked a lot off the air too and have had other conversations off the air because I want to be involved with his organization more because I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, one of the things that we've talked about is how um unlike maybe other things that could be different about you, all right? Because I don't want to say a, a handicap makes you in a different category. But just things that could be different about you mm-hmm. from the standard kind of normal version of a human, right? Um, neuro neurodivergent people, and I and I think I think he would agree on this perspective to a certain extent. It is, I think the 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 onus is on us to work on ourselves to communicate in certain situations with people who may not know how to handle us because I think it is too much of an ask to have the greater population change to adapt to us. So I think that um my, you know, right now I have like seven, seven things going on in my head at one time. I'm trying to stay very focused on you, right? Like I could easily fly off on a tangent if I allowed myself to do so, or if I were tired or when I get excited, obviously that happens similar mm-hmm. to you. Um, but, but it is impossible for someone. And this, this is what I learned mostly from, from my ex-wife. Cause she is a normie. Um, it is impossible for her to follow along. So to, so there, there are two things happening at one time. Those of us whose brain works in a different way, we need to work on ourselves to be able to communicate in a productive manner as much as we can to the people who maybe cannot keep up or cannot follow the way that our brain moves. And then we need to train leaders to understand, I think, to to better understand what is going on with someone's brain like ours uh, and, and, and those like us so that they don't see us as troublemakers or as... People who are too much or overbearing or what have you, they're able to dissect what's going on and and use it um for what it is, which I like to think of it as a superpower. Like sure. Know.
0: Yeah, I love that perspective. And I think it's a very mature answer to to some of the challenges that we're facing. I think uh there's uh definitely training involved uh on both both ends. And I love that uh the movement that, that you guys are trying to start of you know, it's, we need to learn how to communicate with others because it it is a big ask to say, well, no, no, I want you to communicate with me the way I want to be communicated with. Like, that's not fair to anybody, regardless of what side you're on. Yeah. Um. One of the really cool things that I've been uh, involved in is uh, feedback training oh. and also, you know, personality assessments. I've always been a big fan of those, not to box you into, Hey, this is who you are, but it allows, it opens up conversations just like this to say, Hey, well, how, how do you like to be communicated with? What are the things that tick you off? You know, the it really helps create understanding on both ends so that you guys can come to an agreement and set expectations up front. I think that's probably the one of the biggest things that uh, anyone that's neurodivergent can do is set the expectations, and it doesn't have to be in a way of, "Hey, I've got this," and I, you know, I, I think it, it's real easy to fall into that trap. And I think this is probably a really polarizing uh statement but like i've found that sometimes people use that as a crutch and Mm -hmm. i'm i uh it yeah it makes my blood boil any kind of victim mentality but uh 100
1: percent. i love it when people
0: call it a superpower because when used right it definitely can be
1: oh kimmy i i uh so so you know this has been um and I, I don't mean to keep referencing like my divorce, my ex-wife, but it was uh, a moment in time <laughs> where
0: obviously yeah, a big life event that
1: it was a big life event for me, <laughs> Absolutely. but, but in, um, in such a positive way, uh, uh, we were not meant to be together. We, we produced two incredible children, but mm. outside of that, she and I are very different people and, and not her way is right or wrong. My way is right. And her way is, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If she listens. to that. <laughs> um, but, uh, i uh, kind of kidding, M- mostly not. Ki- no, I'm, Um, so, but what it did was it forced me for a whole bunch of reasons, which may be obvious, maybe not. If anyone's ever been through something like this to like, be like, maybe I was the fucking problem. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't think I was, but maybe I was right. It's because something didn't work. And in doing so I went to counseling and all this kind of stuff. And, um, And it actually, it was a woman that I dated for a little while. We're not together anymore, but she was, she was actually, uh, uh, she had an even, I don't want to say worst case, uh, uh, a more, I don't know how you would describe it. A higher level of ADHD. Sure. Yeah. Um, we, we were, we went on a date and within 30 minutes, she looks at me and she goes, so you have ADHD. Right. And I was like, what are you talking (laughs) about? Like I literally no one had ever said that to me before. Yeah. Um people had like said ADD or whatever like but as as like a poke but not not like in a way she wasn't asking to be a jerk she was mm-hmm. being honest it was an honest question. And so I I kind of like I said you know so we started talking and she's like uh I wasn't really that was she goes that was kind of rhetorical like you a 100% do. And I kind of took that in and the conversation went on and and again she wasn't being a jerk we were just talking. So then I saw my counselor like that, that next week. And I, and I brought up this conversation that I had with her and she goes, oh yeah, I thought you like knew that. Oh, and I was like, holy shit, what does this even mean? So then I had to go figure out, cause I don't even know what it means. I didn't even, I mean, I knew what the letters stand for, but I didn't know what it actually meant to my life or how my brain work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the very first thing that my counselor said is you cannot expect people to a change the way they communicate with you. You have to change the way you communicate with them. hundred percent, yeah. And uh, to your point on a victimhood mentality. And 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 I also, I don't care what happens to me in my life. The last thing in the world that I wanna be is a fucking victim. So like, I you know, so I was like, okay, great. And I can tell you, Kimmy, this has been one, of, and I know we don't, we don't know each other that well, but like, this has been one of the most profound changes, in my relationships with every single person, co-workers, wow. children, um, uh, my ex-wife, uh, 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 women that I may have dated. And that's not, nah, it's been that many women, but you know, a <laughs> couple people that I've had relationships with since, yeah. um, uh, my parents, uh, just everybody. Because now, and now I, I can go into a conversation and be like, okay, Ryan, you have 30 minutes. Here's the topic that you're talking about i I keep notes i I now start making agendas to stay on track right in in places mm-hmm. where it's appropriate and um I just yeah. i i man, I feel like there's so it all of a sudden like it it opens your whole world when you know that you have this thing and you can work on it and i um I want more people to. Um, feel comfortable having these conversations and working through these things, I guess, which is why I love that we're having this conversation.
0: Yeah, and that hits the point. I mean, just in general, regardless of whether someone's neurodivergent or not, having that, being able to have those kind of conversations and give feedback. And the timing on this couldn't be more perfect. Literally yesterday, and I posted this on LinkedIn too, I had a coworker reach out to me and say, hey, Kimmy, this is super unconventional, but can I reach out to you and and give you some feedback? And I'm like, yes, I got, first of all, I got so excited because he's the first one that's ever reached out to give me feedback. So I'm like, Ooh, what is it? What can I get better? And it was around communication. I'm like, Oh boy. And I kind of knew what was coming, but you know, he said, Kimmy, I, I, you have great ideas. Um, you know, and you, you communicate well, you know, in certain channels, but, uh, you know, maybe you can add some more context to your emails. So I wasn't being detailed enough is what basically what he was asking, but first of all, props to him. Cause he presented it in an amazing way. Um, and two, it just reminded me, I'm like, well, thank goodness. I was taught to be learning based and mm-hmm. be open to that kind of feedback because that could have gone way differently. You know, if it was two different people having this conversation. So it just, it felt really good one, one to have that happen. And I'm like, you know, Imagine what the world would be like if we could teach people how to be open like that, and like you said too, it's it we can't go around asking. Well, I'm this way. You need to communicate me with this way, you know, because everybody everybody wants has a certain way they want to be communicated with, right? And it's up to us to uh like okay, so here's here's the thing. I I grew up in a family of engineers, so you can imagine how different our personalities are, and uh, I had to learn. You know, social skills. I had to learn uh, communication styles it, that would definitely was not stuff that came naturally, and I'm I'm still learning it. I'm I'm not perfect by any means, um, and I think that's that's how it is for most people. You know, the confidence, um, communication, all of that is a learned skill over time.
1: What's up, guys? Sorry to take you away from the episode, but as you know, we do not run ads on this show. And in exchange for that, I need your help. If you're loving this episode, if you enjoy this podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, I would love for you to subscribe, share, Comment if you're on YouTube, leave a rating review if you're on Spotify or Apple iTunes, etc. This helps the show grow. It helps me bring more guests in. We have a tremendous lineup of people coming in, uh, men and women who've done incredible things, sharing their stories around peak performance, leadership, growth, sales. The things that are going to help you uh, grow as a person and grow your business but they all check out comments, ratings, reviews. They check out all this information before they come on. So as I reach out to more and more people and want to bring them in and share their stories with you, I need your help. Share the show. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. And I'd love for you to leave a comment about the show because I read all the comments. Or if you're on Apple or Spotify, leave a rating review of this show. I love you for listening to this show. And I hope you enjoy it listening as much as I do creating the show for you. All right. I'm out of here. Peace. Let's get back to the episode. Um you said that you were taught to be learning based. What is what does that mean? How, what did that look like? Like yeah. uh I I love that concept. What what you know maybe just expand on that a little bit.
0: Uh my it's my environment. It it dates all the way back to my parents. They are both extremely intelligent and very open-minded. Um they did a really good job raising me and my little sister without labels, without uh telling us that we had to do, you know, one thing one way or another, they allowed us to be ourselves, um, and, and still be very nurturing around that. So for example, um, like when I was diagnosed with Tourette's, you know, they, they didn't make a big deal out of it. They're like, okay, it's just part of you, you know? And so that was the way I grew up. It's like, oh, it's just part of me, you know, whatever. And, um, uh, my mom allowed me to be creative. Like, no one can see it on the podcast, but if you look me up on LinkedIn, I have purple hair, you know, like Mm I, I had crazy hair and my mom let me do that since I was little, you know, as long as I kept my room clean, of course. But, (laughs) um, so she allowed me to be creative and be myself. And then also I've just been really lucky or have done a good job of surrounding myself with people that are similar, that are just very growth minded. Um, that's what I mean by learning It's is people that understand that, like, there's always room for improvement and, your perspective isn't always, you know, the only one that exists. And I think that's, that was probably the biggest piece that my parents really helped drive home for me and my sister, you know, I mean, and in in all the sensitive subjects like religion, you know, um, Mm -hmm. political views and things like that. Like I knew where my parents stood, but they never once told me I had to be that way, you Mm -hmm. know, which was super respectable. And, and, and eventually I did adopt most of what they you know, what they run with, but it was cool. It allowed me to explore, um, you know, other religions, other, you know, whatever, just, just to see what else is out there and Mm kind of create and, you know, develop my own ideas about life. And I think that, that if I didn't have that, I absolutely would not be who I am today. And, uh, I hope, I hope I can leave that with people, you know, that I come in, in and interact with.
1: I love that. I, uh, Uh, so there's a couple of things in there. Um, I had a different, but similar upbringing. Um, actually my father was, uh, he's a tremendous dad and, uh, and, uh, and a tremendous grandfather to my children, but he was, um, for me, although now he's a pushover, um, for me, he was incredibly overbearing, incredibly Mm -hmm. overbearing. It was my way or the highway. Um, and unfortunately, uh, he, uh, went to jail for about three years um, for drinking. And um, when he was taken away, all of a sudden I got my mom hundred percent. My mom is more accept everyone, you know, she has her views and, yeah, and, sure. and whatever of life. And she shared those with me and we had lots of conversations, but where I have, where I had questions, where I had different thoughts, where I had different experiences, she was, we talked about all that stuff and it was very, very open you know, she was much more, probably if you read a parenting book, she's probably doing a lot of things wrong, but we were much more like friends than, I mean, obviously she was my mom and I treated her with respect, mm-hmm. but like we, we had a very uh, friendly relationship outside of a more kind of standardized, maybe 1950s parent child relationship. Sure.
0: But it sounds like you were able to have open conversations that you might not have had otherwise.
1: Yes. And yeah. I think for so many people, they don't get that right. They, they grow mm-hmm. up thinking the world is away, way and they get older and they do the thing that I probably dislike most in the world uh, is they put their shit on other people. And I actually just did a post about this that I'm going to expand upon maybe in, my, in a blog. Um, I did a, just a social media post about it where I basically just said like, you know, if there's a secret – to to having good relationships is don't put your shit on other people. Your shit gets okay. to be your shit. It's America. We're blessed that we were we're born in this country. But I feel like we've we've missed and we've missed uh, we've started to shy away from that. What freedom actually means in this country, which is it, it used to mean I get to live my life and Kimmy gets to live her life and we can interact with each other. And 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 I love that Kimmy gets to live the way she gets to live, and Ryan gets to live the way he lives, together, and it's great, and we can interact and do all these things. And we have a,
0: individuality. Yeah, yeah, we have
1: a few social constructs which allow us to interact in a healthy way, but otherwise, you can do all your crazy shit, and I can do all my crazy shit, and everything's good. <laughs> yes. And I feel exactly. like we've gotten to a point, unfortunately, where now freedom is, I get to live how I want, and Kimmy, you have to live how I want, or mm. it's not freedom, and I'm like well yeah that doesn't really work cuz doesn't doesn't give me get to think the exact same thing back and then we get all this polarization and craziness and and exactly. it's everywhere it's it, there's no right or there's no like right side or wrong side although one side is obviously wronger than the other um but but you know there's there's you know and I and I hate that because i think that permeates um I feel like people are less willing to be open in public because of this. They're less yes. willing to share experiences with people. Our circles become tiny, tiny little circles and tiny, tiny little communities. Everything's velvet roped because we're so worried about people seeing who we are and then putting their shit on us. And I, and mm-hmm. I really dislike that. And I feel like when you are raised the way you were raised and, and kind of the way I was raised too, you, you grow up looking at that and it just feels wrong. Right. Like you don't maybe know. you don't always know. I haven't certainly known how to express it. And I've certainly expressed it in ways that were unproductive at times, sure, but, we all have. um, you know, this, this, you know, you, you, you know, people shouldn't put their stuff on you. You shouldn't put your stuff on them. And I think yeah. this goes so much for the way that we interact and why I love your story about this guy, giving you feedback. And I'll be quiet while I'm talking about a storm. <laughs> well, today. I just
0: love that. Oh, sorry.
1: No, 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 no. I think it's great. Is that what he was, what, or I assumed it was he, I think you said he, yep. yeah, it's he. She, um, was, was, it wasn't a judgment of you. Not It was all. a, yeah. Hey, here's a way for you to be more productive if you want to be this. And that, that to me is a hundred percent the right way to do this.
0: It's so he did it because he cares. Yes. And I think yeah, that, there was, that was the big thing. And, and And I was taught, you know, when you are giving feedback, that's, that's honestly, that's the best way to have a hard conversation with somebody is, Hey, I need to have a hard conversation with you. Please know it's because I love you or it's because I care. It's, you know, this is not to hurt you as a person. It's addressing the situation or the act or the, you know, the, the action rather. But I love everything that you just said within the last five minutes, because it ties back to everything we just said at the beginning of, you know, uh, we can't expect people to communicate with us the way we want, just like, people can't expect people to live their life the way they want them to live you know and, and vice, the, I mean gosh this could be a whole podcast on this topic itself and and it's interesting because um what you said these days what i found is that it, people are very scared to voice their opinions and I'm, believe it or not, as agree, I am a very agreeable person, but I am very opinionated in the things that I am passionate about, mm-hmm. you know, and I found, especially in the workplace, uh, when people need to give feedback, they get scared, Um, you know, whether it's, well, I don't want to be singled out or, uh, yeah. hmm. sorry, I got lost on that one. But what I'm getting at is because of the way and and we can blame it on social media, we can blame it on whatever we want, right? That people do get ganged up on when you stand out, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, and maybe you can relate to this, uh, you know, with, with your ADHD is I've grown up standing out. So to me, it's no different when you do get singled out and yeah, not, not being afraid of that. And not everybody has had that experience. So I had to humble myself and go, okay, Kimmy, not, not everyone has, not everybody has opened a business, first of all, too. The, the reason I'm bringing that up and to give you some context is when I'm talking to people about, you know, sales or running, you know, managing something. And then I'm remembering, oh my goodness, I'm coming at it kind of from a completely different perspective. Not everyone's ran a business. Not everyone's gone through the experiences that, you know, that I've gone through. And I think having that perspective, regardless of what topic you're talking about, I think is really the key. And that's what would help these you know, people feeling polarized. I mean, there's not everyone's going to agree. You know, some of my best friends have the complete opposite political and religious views, you know, but we're like, we're good friends. We just, we just know, hey, you believe one thing. I believe one thing you voted for so-and-so, you know, it, but, but we're still friends at the end of the day because we're, we're kind and we respect each other. And I think that comes that, that, that word respect really, resonates with me. I read an article a while back about, they actually interviewed, um, couples, like people that have married for like 50 years, people that, you know, got divorced and, you know, talked, they basically did this whole long interview. And at the end of the day, everyone, it all came back down to respect. You know, the ones that have been together forever, like they, they just have this respect that has been there for so long. And the ones that got divorced lost the respect. And I think, you know, regardless of the dynamic you have with somebody, whether it's at work, whether it is a romantic relationship, that respect piece is what's absolutely paramount, you know, to have a productive conversation.
1: Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that I've had to work with some of my younger employees on, younger team members, especially my younger leaders, is that um, you don't get respect and you don't deserve respect it's earned over time and and yeah. and frankly the best way to earn it is to give it as much as you possibly can as often as you can to other people and then over time it will come back to you and i feel like unfortunately call it we can blame social media we can blame whatever we can blame mm-hmm. liberals um you know i think that uh, we can bring right orthodoxy too. these people feel like because they show up and they have an opinion that somehow we all need to just respect them or I'm this, my job title is this. So I deserve respect or, you know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, uh, you know, this, the insert demographic group. I just, even people it, in
0: the neurodiversity, yeah, it's like, know, we're no. not immune to that either. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: like, yeah, it's like a hundred percent. No, you don't. You yeah. earn it. That that's you earn it. Now, how much have you given out? Are you respectful of your three team members? Are you treating them? Are you understanding the way they want to be communicated with? Are you listening to them? Are you putting, are you doing the same? Are you like uh uh, uh putting, you know, taking the garbage out? You know, I always think through that idea of like, sure, yeah. the, the leaders Seek take the example. garbage out, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And uh if you're not, then you don't fucking deserve respect, right? So like, there's a reason you're getting, they're talking behind your back because yeah. you're not, you haven't done the work. And
0: um I think or that's really- a- Yeah. Or you haven't opened up enough to them for them to to take the time
1: to Um, respect you and
0: your your vision. Yeah.
1: I want to go back to something you said, though, that I that I completely agree with. And I would like to just um, poke at a little more, uh, which is this idea of um, when you've always felt different, being different isn't hard. Um, I'm paraphrasing a little bit what you said, Mm -hmm. but I think that's essentially what you said. Um, I could not agree with that more um despite being a six foot four white guy you're um, six foot four yeah everyone thinks dude, I'm, short. I'm like
0: five one that's
1: crazy <laughs> you're tall yeah yeah <laughs> i have to put like hashtag tall in my bio so people uh know <laughs> Yeah, i can't meet- tell you how many conferences i've been to and people are like i thought you were going to be short
0: oh no. my goodness <laughs>
1: yeah. so um dis- despite you know being a-, a white dude from the north um I have always felt different my entire life. I've never been an insider and I've certainly never felt like an insider ever. Like I literally, I have never felt that way. I've never felt like I was in the cool kids club. I've never felt like I was like easily accepted. Um, I've always been a little different. And um, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that I won't get into. But so now as an adult at 42, I've certainly, I've also hit an age where I just don't give a fuck anymore. Um, So like, you know, couple that with also being rewarded today, like today's society. And I think where I am in my career, um, having different ideas delivered respectfully, which I have not always done just to be clear, um, yeah. delivered respectfully, um, is like a, it's like a super, like a, not I'm mean, overusing the word superpower. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gift, right? You feel, you're like, oh my gosh, today. I don't like, I can't even think what it would be like to be a best practices agency. I think I think it's cute that people are best practices agencies, but if you're a best practice agency, you know what I know exactly how to beat you. And mm. you know, that to me is something that I feel like people don't think about. If you are living by the same rules that everyone else lives by, that's nice, but you are also in my opinion way more vulnerable. And um that's why I feel like people who feel different, I hope that conversations like this one what it shows them is with respect and and appreciation for the people you're communicating with you don't just get to be an asshole because you feel different or have a different opinion Mm -hmm. um that is that is something you should cultivate and be proud of and surround yourself with other people that feel that way because um it is something truly that today i think employers are looking for you know respectfully people who can think differently and do it in a way that isn't like being a jerk um i think those people are going to make more i think that Uh, 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 employers are out there searching for these types of people. I think these are the types of people that start companies that, that, that change dynamics that um, have conversations that people that open people's eyes. And um, I just want more and more people to feel comfortable um, with this type of mentality. You know, I I guess I'm assuming to a certain extent you agree, but I'd love your thoughts on that. I,
0: I do agree actually with, with everything that you said. I think there's, there's two parts to this. I think these days, being different has become mainstream yeah. and, I, and shit I, now i need to I become tread, a
1: conformist
0: right yeah. no don't do that no <laughs> but but i tread lightly with that because they, it's used mm, how do i say this it is used in a victim way in a lot mm, it, from what yeah. i'm seeing and that uh, it, it it's interesting it, it trying to think of an example that is that would drive home my point but let's say well, I'll use myself, but pretend let's say, Oh, uh, I've got Tourette's and I think it's cool, but you know, you need to treat me different because I'm, because I'm different. Okay. That was really elementary, but that's, that's basically what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, you know, yeah. is is you'll see posts or, you know, here, uh, even if you just go, go to a restaurant and listen to some conversations around you and eavesdrop and, and it just, uh, boggles my mind, what how some people talk to each other, but I think, Hmm.
1: Well, I think just while you're, while you're thinking about that, I think a lot of people, instead of doing the really hard work of find, figuring out how to maximize the things that make them different, they're just way more willing to use those as crutches to get yes. shallow feedback and shallow victories um, that make them feel better. Right. So so they'll post something on social media about whatever their thing that they want to be victimized about is to get likes. Oh, you're you're great the way you are. Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm a I'm a I'm at this point, I'm probably a Jordan Peterson disciple. I mean, outside of God, I think that his methodology for living is like right up there on par with like Marcus Aurelius and the Stoics. And, you know, he says he has this clip that's passed around on social media all the time. You can probably find it. But it was in his book Twelve Rules for Life, where he basically says like he he, the clip will usually start with something like he'll say like good enough but with a question mark, and he's like you're not good enough. Everybody wants to tell people you're good enough. You're not. Why are you good enough? What do you mean? So 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 you have this thing about you. It doesn't make that doesn't mean that you're perfect the way you are. It doesn't mean that you're good enough the way you are. It doesn't mean you should hate yourself. But it certainly doesn't mean that you shouldn't commit yourself to something you said earlier, which I respect and love, constantly working to improve. And I feel like people find a thing that gives them an out or a, or a, or a rip cord or whatever, and, and then they just lean on that thing, right? It's like, you could have so easily taken the fact that you have Tourette's and had your life be half of what it is today, because you used it as a crutch or a tool to get some sort of shallow victory when you needed it. But you obviously didn't, you plowed through it, you learned how to become a musician, you learned how to become a champion bowler, right? And all these other things that that make you who you are, because you pushed through it, and you constantly improved, which is, which I think should be held on the, uh, the highest level of respect. Um, but I think too often we find a thing that gives us a shallow victory that we can kind of play as a victim thing. You know, uh, I have inflammation or or I have, uh, I get migraines or I get whatever. And all these things are shitty. Don't get me wrong. They're mm-hmm. shitty mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and there's things way worse. But, you know, then I met a guy, um, I was speaking in North Carolina. Um, this was years ago. His name is uh, Sergeant Fuck. Oh my gosh! Great he's, name. Yeah, no, I wish it was Sergeant Fuck. His name is um. Oh my gosh, Obie, Obie, you'll know. Uh, what the? Oh gosh, Sergeant. It's gonna kill me. But oh, he, well, he had he had um a hand, an arm, and both legs blown off in the war. Oh
0: goodness!
1: And this dude, if you see him, he's got a big can smile on his face. He's still married. He's got two kids. He's got this badass truck that he had rigged out. He does these speaking gigs. He's funny as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, like he come, he came on stage. Man, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do it justice, but it's just an example. Like this dude could have just laid in bed, become a 400 pound blimp, and said, because of all these things that happened to me, you know, none of this is my fault. And he didn't. He's mm-hmm. got an apparel company that he uses the proceeds to help veterans with depression and veterans who've lost limbs and he starts the talk he walks out and he's standing there and he's kind of looking at everybody and uh he's kind of dead panning it which i thought was great and then he looks down at his crotch and he goes i know what you're all thinking and it's still there Ah! and like the whole place just goes you know just starts laughing because (laughs) you know you don't know you see this guy come up and your first instinct is he's going to be fucking depressed and he wasn't and i was like oh my god if that dude Kid, and I'm sure he has bad days too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but yeah, like everyone, yeah. But for that dude, that dude to be able to be a fucking marine, like top of your life, physical fitness, badass, and to come home and then still have that mentality, I'm like, God. So I got a couple conversations happening in my brain you know what I mean? Like, sure. I think I'm doing all right. You know? Yeah. No. I,
0: well, and I, to, to drive home a point on that is, is shout out to you for using that as inspiration because people with a victim mentality would see that and, and go, well, uh, they, 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 they just wouldn't see it like that. You know, Well, yeah. that won't happen to me or I'm not at that level. I can't, you know, and start making up this story in their head. So shout out to you for using that for inspiration. Please. And I love that you brought up the 12 rules for life, Jordan Peterson, because I just have a funny story I have to share. Cause, yeah, please. Because not many people follow him because he is a polarizing guy. But so I bought my boyfriend a mug, a 12 rules for life mug off of Amazon, thinking it was the Jordan Peterson 12 rules for life. I didn't even read it. I just bought it because it said 12 rules for life, Jordan Peterson mug, right? Ryan, this is literally what it says. The the last two are the most hilarious. Number 11, do not bother children while they're skateboarding. (laughs) Number 12, pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. Now, you know, those are not the rules. So someone like literally put these on there and I'm like, oh my gosh, but it was hilarious.
1: Yeah, that would be like, yeah, that those are like the most, most like skewed derivatives of what he's actually trying to teach. I actually think it's hilarious though. I actually think the thing, the thing I, I actually, I have, um, I save a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm kind of crazy with, I, I love to be inspired. I love to take in people I was like, oh, that stuff's trite. Why do you like, I can get caught in like a positive, like I've broken the fucking TikTok algorithm because mm-hmm. it doesn't show me any negative shit. Like if it's that's negative fantastic. Like, and I just, but I love, I can just consume. You should teach a
0: class on that. Honestly, yeah. I think that's, that's the problem is people get just bombarded with this junk.
1: Well, I'm just, I'm not interested in negativity. I hate negativity, frankly. To me, it couldn't be more of a turnoff, not just like in a partner, but like in another human that I interact with when they're negative. I just, I cannot stand it. And frankly, I just don't tolerate it. Like, Mm -hmm. if someone's going to be negative, I mean, we all have moments, right? You get moments. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a lifestyle of negativity. Couldn't be more of a turnoff to me because so what the fuck you can call out shit. That's bad. Like good for you. That's not, that's not a, that's not a positive characteristic. You're not smarter because people will be like, well, I'm a realist. No, you're an asshole. Oh, you know what I mean? Like real. you're a realist. Okay. I get it. Life is yeah. hard. We it all is. fucking realize it. We wake yeah. up every day. Like we get it, but how about we start to figure out, you know better ways to to operate but but so so I, I get that. caught in these loops but I have this one that I save and I have and I'll go through there's like a there's like a few of them that I like will go through in this saved list and in Instagram or one of them um that I just watch and and it's one of the ones that I watch almost every day is by Jordan Peterson and it's this idea of um he's being interviewed and the guy says you're telling men to be uh monsters and he's like yes and the guy is kind of incredulous right I, he's probably a liberal Um, and he's, he's kind of incredulous and Jordan Peterson's like, Jordan Peterson's like, what? So be weak. He's like, that's what we want. We want weak people, weak men. And specifically he's talking about men, um, you know, in, 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 in our society today. And he's like, so we need more weak men. He goes, no, he goes, you should not be weak. He's like, you should be an absolute killer monster. And then learn how to control it. He said, because there's no, virtue and being weak if you're weak right it's easy to be weak and to be deferential and to be a beta if you're a deferential weak beta that's easy but if you're an absolute killer and you're able to control it and and make the decision to be better and to be a good person despite the fact that inside you is a monster that there's real virtue in that Mm -hmm. and um That to me is something that I hold in my brain every day. Now, I I wasn't in the military. I don't know how to do jujitsu. I have no idea how I would act in a situation that required you to be a monster. But I think the concept, the idea of be the most powerful, dominant, you know, thing you can be. And I think this goes for women too. It's just, he gets so attacked for his views on men. He was talking specifically about men. And then figure out how to be a better version of you with that inside you that that's where real virtualized to me, that speaks to the virtue, uh, victimhood mentality. It speaks to constant improvement. It speaks to self-awareness. It speaks to respect. It speaks to, um, understanding how to operate with personal agency, which is mm-hmm. something I feel like we do not talk about at all in our society enough is what personal agency means and how important it is. And, um, I don't know how the hell we got that far down that. Topic. I don't know,
0: but I honestly, I think this this should become a second episode. We should definitely <laughs> yeah. schedule a second one and go yeah, deeper into sure. this. This is fun.
1: <laughs> for sure, I uh, no, you got an open invitation whenever you want to come back. I feel like we're just scratching awesome. the surface. So, so let me. Um, I want to be respectful of your time and of the audiences. So, let me just hit you with a couple things. Um, do you think that your um Do you think that your desire to take on these hobbies and, and and they're fairly, you know, intense things, you know, um, and, and being a musician and stuff. Do you think that um, that's, that's part of a way of dealing? Do you think that's who you are? Or do you think it's part of a way of dealing with the way that your mind works? Because I know I've found that in my own life. I research shit. I am, yeah. if I get something on my brain, I have to research it really. And it's just the way that I work. And it's because of the way my brain works. Do you think that, that is the same for you.
0: I think so. And I think uh, a lot of it is because it's it's hard for me to just sit tight and my, you know, my brain wants to do something. So mine, rather than doing the research, I just go and take action. I'm yeah, like, okay, that. I'm going to go try this thing. If I fail miserably, like, eh, whatever, I learned something, you know, but I still, I, I, I'm always looking for something new. And then of course, when I do it, I want to be the best I can be at it. That's hence where the competitive nature comes in. You know, like i I enjoy recognition. I enjoy being a winner. So I find something I want to do. And I'm like, okay, let's go do it the best we can, you know? And I think a lot of it is just like you said, the way my brain works and thank goodness, because of my environment, once again, my, my mom was really encouraging to try new things. And she literally said, you can't say you don't like it until you try it. You know, you know, like I remember she had me play soccer and I don't want to play soccer by the way, I hated soccer, but eventually I tried softball and loved that and, you know, and so on and so forth. Right. But because she constantly was pushing, just try it, just try it. I think I I brought that into the rest of my life and thanks mom. Thanks mom and dad. You know, a lot of it goes back to that.
1: Well, I think that you're a testament to how someone can be quote unquote different. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me, but also (laughs) highly successful. I've I probably talked too much but I was just excited to talk to you. We Yay. will absolutely do this again. Yeah, I know again. you have to run. Um <laughs> I'll make sure I have your LinkedIn. Uh on the show Thank notes you. and people should definitely follow Kimmy on LinkedIn. Where is there any other places you'd like to send them?
0: Um they can I'm I'm on all the socials, I'm on Facebook, uh in, Instagram. The good news is I have a really unique name, Kimiko Donahue. Haven't found anyone else with that name yet, so <laughs> Uh, definitely look forward to connecting with everyone. And thank you so much for this, Ryan. This was super cool.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I look forward to the next time. Have a great one. Awesome. Bye.